Hello and welcome to the ORX News Podcast, a podcast from ORX where we cover the top five largest losses of the month, as well as key current operational risk topics from across the globe. We illustrate the key topics discussed with news stories especially curated by the ORX News team. In this month's episode, we'll take a brief look at August's top five largest losses, as well as discuss issues stemming from the ORX European Cyber Forum, hosted by BNP Paribas in July this year, and the ORX North America Cyber Forum, hosted by TIAA in New York earlier this month. Both forums were facilitated by the ORX Cyber Service. In this episode, we will discuss the top three key cybersecurity concerns amongst the operational risk professionals who attended the cyber forums, as well as their top three cyber risk management priorities for the next 12 months. We'll also discuss the largest hack of 2023 so far, involving third-party supplier and file transfer software MoveIt. All sources used in this episode will be linked in the show notes. I'm Fernanda Husamano Ashcroft, News Assistant Manager for Editorial, and today I'm joined by Senior News Researcher Stanka and News Researcher Joseph. Over to you, Joseph, for August's Top 5. Thanks, Fern. In fifth place is Coffee Colombiana. The US SEC and the DOJ announced that Coffee Colombiana had agreed to pay $60 million over bribes paid to Colombian government officials to win construction contracts. Wells Fargo was August's fourth largest loss. The bank was set to pay $75 million for overcharging advisory fees on investment advisory accounts in breach of negotiated agreements. In third place is Allstate. The insurer was set to pay $90 million to settle class action claims over failures to disclose to investors that a frequency spike in auto insurance claims was caused by relaxed underwriting standards to boost growth and inflate its stock price. The second largest loss in August was a $110 million fine to the SOCGEN over staff misusing personal devices and record-keeping failures. In joint second is BNP Paribas with a loss of $110 million, also over staff misusing personal devices and record-keeping failures. The largest loss in August was a $200 million fine to Wells Fargo over widespread record-keeping failures and staff use of unauthorized messaging applications. Investigations found that employees had communicated off-channel and the firm did not preserve records of those communications. Check out the RX News website for July's Top 5. According to our latest top risk review from June this year, information security, including cyber, remains the top concern across the industry. Firms are embracing digital transformation and leveraging advanced technology solutions to drive business growth and optimize efficiencies. Risk managers are keen to ensure that they are addressing the associated risks effectively, particularly given the potential impacts. Cyber risks were also at the core of discussions at the cyber forums, where attendees highlighted their current key concerns. The first of them was the cloud. At the forum, firms spoke about exponential growth in the adoption of cloud technologies. There was considerable focus on the associated risks, both in terms of resiliency and security. From a resiliency perspective, firms are concerned about concentration risk, so the industry as a whole being overly reliant on a small set of infrastructure providers. 
Cloud security is a shared responsibility model, but it needs to be clearly established where an organization's responsibility ends and where the provider's responsibility begins. Another key concern raised was third-party risk. The use of third parties has grown, which in turn has changed the risk profile for many. Firms spoke about how further work was needed to fully understand the end-to-end -end process to include third parties and even fourth parties, fifth and end parties, in order to inform risk and resilience. Firms also spoke of their concerns about not being notified by third parties when they are experiencing an incident, as well as getting the necessary details following an incident which can impact regulatory reporting requirements. This is especially the case when the third party in question is a smaller organization. Firms are keen to investigate the most effective ways of engaging with third parties to encourage proactive sharing of risk information. We'll discuss the infamous Move It hack later in the episode, which has highlighted the need to fully understand the end-to-end -end process, including the use of third, fourth, or nth parties. And last but not least, AI. There was great debate on the use of generative AI tools like ChatGPT. To block or not to block was a key question which provided insight into how firms were responding to this new technology. In Europe, some firms were choosing to allow their use, but with robust monitoring in order to inform control design. There were also discussions around roles and responsibilities needing to be clearly defined regarding AI and the use by firms. For example, which activities sit with the second line of defense versus the first line? And which are the responsibility of model risk teams? Another key message was that fundamentally, the risk management principles and techniques are the same, but the pace of change is perhaps different from past technological shifts. Regarding AI in the financial sector, a recent article in the Financial Times states that artificial intelligence will be increasingly used in certain areas of wealth management, such as corporate analysis, customer research and marketing, and trading. But in the short term, AI will not be taking over fund management and clients may not even notice a huge difference in service to begin with. The FT goes on to say that another reason why it may be some time before AI takes over the market is that the technology is currently unreliable. For example, it's been widely reported that language models such as ChatGPT have produced misinformation and also have the tendency to make up non-existing citations or to cite research which bears no relationship with the topic in question. The term being used to describe this kind of misinformation is AI hallucinations. AI hallucinations essentially describe when an AI tool confidently produces inaccurate or completely random responses to questions, sometimes even embellishing facts and figures for no apparent reason. Another concern among investors is that human relationship managers, who are often at the heart of the investment sector, may disappear over time. However, despite those concerns, Morgan Stanley is launching an AI assistant which promises to give financial advisors rapid access to the bank's database containing 100,000 research reports and documents. As a result, advisors and customer service staff will allegedly save time when it comes to questions about the market's recommendations and internal processes, consequently enabling them to engage more with clients. Morgan Stanley 
is actually the first major Wall Street bank to give employees a bespoke solution based on the latest version of ChatGPT. GPT-4 promises to solve complex problems with greater accuracy than its earlier version. In a recent memo to CNBC, Morgan Stanley's co-president said that financial advisors will always be at the centre of its wealth management business. He goes on to say that the firm also believes that generative AI will revolutionise client interactions, bring new efficiencies to advisor practices and ultimately help free up time to serve its clients. Which leads me to a takeaway from the recent cyber forum where McKinsey led a discussion on artificial intelligence which stated that AI needs to be a human assistant, not a human replacement. On the other end of the spectrum is ordinary customers who don't have access to a personal financial advisor. There are a growing number of AI services promising to change that by offering tools to help customers track their expenditure and give advice on how best to manage their finances. Wallet management is a term being used to describe apps which get access to customers' bank accounts to analyze their spending patterns and, as a result, offer them tailored financial advice. For further information about ChatGPT, check out a news article and deep dive about a system glitch which enabled users to see other people's chat histories. Both links will be added to the show notes. Besides ChatGPT, another huge story this year was the Move It ransomware hack, a perfect example of third-party risk that the news team covered in June this year. Initial reports that surfaced were about payroll provider Zealous, which had been breached due to a vulnerability in the Move It file transfer software. So both Zealous and the developers of Move It, Progress Software, are service providers. So naturally, since then, more and more firms have become victims of the data breaches due to their relationship with third or fourth party vendors. By mid-August 2023, the data of over 5.3 million customers from 36 confirmed firms had been compromised due to the error. The vulnerability was first announced by Progress Software on the 31st of May 2023, with evidence suggesting that the hackers had first accessed the software three days earlier. The compromised data included staff ID numbers, dates of birth, home addresses, and national insurance numbers. Allegedly, the hackers also may have stolen bank details from banks, non-financial firms, and government institutions. The hack was attributed to the prolific hacking group CLOP, or CL0P, which carried out multiple ransomware and extortion attacks against firms in the past. Listeners may be familiar with the Excellion hack from 2021. As soon as the vulnerability was discovered, Progress Software opened an investigation with authorities and alerted customers. Over the following 48 hours, company engineers disabled access to the cloud service, developed a security patch, and made it available to customers. However, as of the 6th of June 2023, several companies had yet to update their software to remove the vulnerability, leaving data at risk, with more than 100,000 servers worldwide running an unpatched version of the software. The exact number of individuals affected remained unclear, but uh, Progress Software claimed to have more than 100,000 customers worldwide. 
Among the impacted firms were insurers Genworth Financial and Members Life and pension fund CalPERS affected by a third-party vendor Pension Benefit Information Research Services. Together, these firms had over 4 million individual customers. Other affected firms include Unum Group, um, Munich Re US, SMBC, First Financial Bank Corp, and Erste Group Bank, among others. We know that at least one of these firms, Unum Group, is now facing class action lawsuits over its cybersecurity practices. But the event is still ongoing as of late September, so there may be more info coming out about the fallout, which will be covered in our deep dive next month. And now to the top three cyber risk management priorities for the next 12 months, according to the participants of the recent cyber forums. Let's begin with data and metrics. There is a need to define the scope and use of data and more clarity on who owns it and the definition of metrics. Participants asked, should the first line and the second line of defense work together to have one set of data? Or should the second line develop additional metrics based on their own data to be able to monitor the first line? The general consensus between the attendees was that there is a further need across the board to increase maturity in this space, share best practice and develop the ability to create insight to inform decision-making from the data and metrics. Bringing data together to automate and mature it is the ambition of many, and there were several thoughts on how people could begin to move in that direction. Our clear starting point was to link data and metrics to risk appetite and think about what needs to be reported to the board and senior management versus what's more useful for day-to-day management and for use in the first line. With all this data, obviously, comes the issue of quantification. This came across as a big priority. Since there is currently no consensus across the industry on the best approach to cyber risk quantification. Some ORX cyber service subscribers have used the FAIR methodology and others have moved away from it. We'll come back to this later in the episode. Our last priority was DORA, the Digital Operation Resilience Act. In Europe, firms are focusing on understanding DORA requirements and designing implementation plans. There is a lot of focus on how to alleviate concerns on implementing DORA and FCA guidelines and how to overcome difficulties holding DORA's standards. Rx has put out some amazing work on all of these issues, all of which will be linked in the show notes. There is a full report on risk appetite for operational and non-financial risk covering data and metrics. There you will find several ways to improve your risk appetite approach. First is greater involvement of the first line of defense in the risk appetite setting process, such as the first line developing statements, metrics, and thresholds. This is likely to result in greater buy-in and use by the first line. Second, ensure that the risk appetite approach, including the statement and metrics, don't just satisfy top-down requirements, but have relevance for the day-to-day management of the business. Additional statements and metrics can be developed for business-level use, which then may or may not be aggregated and reported up to the board. Third is the suggestion to enhance risk appetite metrics by ensuring that they're forward-looking, enhancing data quality, greater automation, and the use of a risk indicator library, such as the ORX risk indicator library. 
You can find other potential solutions suggested in the 2022 Risk Indicator Practices paper. Lastly, um, employ different skill sets to support the enhancement of risk appetite metrics. Data scientists come to mind, who of course have a greater understanding of the potential use of data. Some firms are actually reskilling existing employees as there is a limited supply of data science skills in the market. Cyber service subscribers can also access the Cyber Risk Quantification Study from 2022. The report is based on information collected from 30 banks and insurers, collected through both a survey and a roundtable discussion. It provides valuable insights into current practices, outlines challenges and benefits, and summarizes potential future direction for cyber risk quantification. And lastly, for more on Dora, listen to a free podcast episode from the ORX News team. Thanks, Tanka, and thanks as well to Natasha smith Craig and Helen Labate for their contribution to this script. Check out the summary blog and video covering the key points discussed at the European Cyber Forum and watch out for a summary video of the North American Forum. Research and information will also discuss the common themes raised in both cyber forums in their October podcast. For further details about the cyber service, go to orx.org. New subscribers can access all stories mentioned as well as a deep dive on ChatGPT on the news website. The links to the relevant sources used in this podcast will be added to the show notes. And thank you for listening. I hope you can join us next time.